Welcome to Capital Edge Church. We have a fantastic message for you that we hope challenges, inspires, and moves your heart for Christ. Let's get into it. Fantastic. Great to see you in church this morning. Why don't you take your seats? We're going to do things a little bit differently this morning because I just want to preach. I just want to preach at this point in time because I want to encourage you today to praise and worship our God. He is worthy to be praised. I believe the enemy would try to rob us of our praise and our worship. I believe this last season that we have been through uh, as a church, as a city, as a nation has been, a, uh, one of the sidekicks of that has been to try and rob us of our praise and our worship to our God. And I believe what we need to do is worship in spirit and in truth. And so our theme for this month has been worshiping in spirit and in truth. And Pastor Hamish a couple of weeks ago spoke a great message. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to see that, to check it out online about worshiping in spirit from the story of uh, the, the Lady of Samaria in John 4. And then Pastor Alan spoke last week from the story of Abraham about worshiping in spirit and truth. I'm going to continue that theme today. And then at the end of uh, my message this morning, we're going to praise God. Because I want to speak to you on prison-shaking praise. Prison-shaking praise. That there's something that takes place when we spiritually praise the Lord. When we are led by the Spirit of God to worship and praise Him. That unlocks and transforms and brings about change in people's lives. So if you're facing some sort of barrier, you're facing some sort of trial, some sort of situation or circumstance, some sort of war, I believe that it can break down through praise and worship. We don't realize the weapon that we have sometimes. We don't realize the authority in God that we have sometimes in praise and worship. And we're going to talk about that this morning. We're not just talking about singing. We're not just talking about a religious practice or a religious tradition that has taken place and formed over years. We're talking about being led by the Spirit of God to exalt the name of Jesus Christ and so that He is lifted high. And in so doing, there is a power unlocked that transforms lives. And so we're talking about that this morning. You know, the Bible says this in Ephesians 6. It says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of evil. It means we don't just wrestle against earthly material things. We can look at what we're facing. We can look at these things that are going on in our world and we can think that they're just carnal. They're just earthly. It's man's selfishness or man's greed. We can look at wars and we can look at viruses even. And we can look at uh, inflation and we can look at economy and we can look at discriminations and we can look at all of these things in the natural. But we need to understand that there is a spiritual battle that goes on behind all these things. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of evil. But you know what the Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 10? It says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. 
So what does that mean? That means that the weapons that we have in access to us are powerful. They're not just carnal. They're not just earthly. They're not just material, but they are mighty. They are something of God that when we use those weapons, when we launch those weapons, something is activated to the pulling down of strongholds. So you don't sound excited about that. Oh, yeah, whatever. Friends... We have these weapons and one of the greatest weapons to the pulling down of strongholds is praise and worship. Praise and worship. It's not just singing songs. It's not just what we do on Sunday. It's more powerful than that. It's a spiritual weapon. And so we're going to talk about prison shaking praise this morning. So I'd ask you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. Some of you will be familiar with this passage. It's the story of of the Apostle Paul and Silas, these two great men of God, and they go to a, a, a town called Philippi, a town of some fifteen to 20,000 people. So it was a significant town. They go to this town and they start preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and they actually literally get thrown into prison. But we're going to talk about what happens when you get thrown into prison, when you face walls and barriers and trials and how that praise can come into effect to break down the walls of your barriers and prisons. Amen. Amen. And so this morning, let's read from Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And we're just going to track through this passage, through this incredible story. Just revealing certain things, certain aspects about praise and worship today. It says, one day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now I want you to notice something there. She wasn't lying. She wasn't mocking. She wasn't ridiculing. Day after day after day, the very next verse says that Paul and Silas put up with this day after day after day. This girl wasn't lying about them. She wasn't ridiculing or mocking them. When you look at what she was saying, what she was saying was actually true. They were servants of the Most High God. They were carrying this incredible message of salvation through Jesus Christ. What she was saying was true. But you see, what she was saying had a spirit behind it. And Paul and Silas, who were filled with the Spirit, who were filled with the Holy Spirit, there is no doubt in my mind that even though she was saying the right stuff, they recognised in the Spirit that there was something behind this. There was this, uh-uh, there was something not quite right about this, that there was a motivation behind this that was not the Spirit of God. And they recognised that. And I thought about that. And I came up with this, that if the enemy can't bully you into submission, he will try to lull you into silence. Paul and Silas put up with this. Day after day after day, they were lulled into silence. And I believe there's too many of us are silently listening to the enemy when we should be speaking out at the spirit that's behind it. We just put up with stuff. 
I believe this season that we've been through, I believe this last couple of years with lockdowns and, and viruses and fighting things, I believe that we have just been lulled into silence sometimes when we should be speaking out against some of the stuff that the enemy brings our way. So what does this have to do with praise? Well, absolutely everything. Because this is what praise does. Praise speaks out and it speaks at. It speaks out the goodness of God. It speaks out the glory of God and the wonder of God and how good he is and how wonderful he is. But praise also speaks at speaks at the things that we face with a declaration of faith in God. That's why we sing songs like, the enemy can't take what I have because I belong to you. I belong to you. And can I encourage you this morning, if you're facing situations, you're facing trials and circumstances, don't let the enemy silence your praise. Don't let him silence your praise. Don't let him lull you into silence, but continue to praise God with everything you've got. You want to see breakthrough. You want to see transformation. You want to see healing. You want to see restoration. You want to see those things in your life. Praise the Lord. That's a bit better. Let's read on. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. What a great scripture. Instantly it left her. You see, Paul recognised something here. He recognised that he had authority in God. Do you know this morning that if you're a child of God, If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, let me just remind you of something this morning, that you have authority. You have authority. Praise is a declaration of our authority in God. The authority that we have, it's it's not of ourselves. It's not because we can say things a certain way or do things in a certain kind of fashion. But our authority comes, where did Paul's authority come? Came in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, you see, when we declare our praise, we are declaring who he is, but we're declaring more than that. We are declaring who we are in him, in him. Praise, I hope you're getting a picture this morning that praise is far more powerful uh, than we sometimes comprehend. Let's read on. Let's continue on in this story. I'm getting a bit excited. And I've got to be careful because I've just come out of sickness and I've got to preach tonight as well, so, so my voice may get a little bit Neil Diamondish as we go along, but some people kind of find that okay. So let's read on. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city official. I love that. The whole city is in an uproar. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown in prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. 
The whole city is in an uproar. Remember, this is a city archaeologists tell us that that, that was probably around about fifteen to 20,000 people. So this was a, a, a big city. This was a significant place. The whole city is in an uproar. I kind of like that. You see, when you start speaking in your authority as a child of God, when you start declaring in faith the power of God, when you start wholeheartedly praising the name of Jesus in your situation, I can tell you, you're going to cause an uproar. You're going to actually shake the enemy's cage a bit. You're going to rattle what he is wanting to do. And I thought about that and I thought perhaps that's why some don't actually enter into the fullness of praise because they're afraid of what might get stirred up. You know, if I, if I abandon myself to praise, if I abandon myself to praise and worship, well, then maybe I might just have to deal with some stuff. But don't let that, don't let that be the thing that stops you. Don't let that be the thing that hinders you from praising God. Here's the interesting thing about this situation. Paul and Silas, it says that they were stripped and they were beaten with rods. In fact, it says they were beaten severely. They were beaten severely with rods. And the whole thing, the whole situation could have been avoided by Paul just saying one thing. We are Roman citizens. All he needs to say was, we are Roman citizens because no one in their right mind in these provinces would attack a citizen of Rome who came with the power of Rome behind them, a genuine citizen of Rome. The, the consequences of attacking these citizens of Rome was incredibly high, even to the point of death. So all Paul had to do was say, Hang on a minute, I'm a citizen of Rome. If it were me and I saw those big ugly brutes coming my way with rods in their hands, I would be holding up my card. I'd be saying, hey, citizen, citizen. That's all they needed to do. So why didn't Paul do it? Why didn't he do it? Was it surely it wasn't an afterthought. He was sitting in the stocks recovering from his pain. His wounds, he's bleeding. He said, oh, my citizenship. Oh, silly me. I don't think so. Why didn't Paul declare that he was a Roman citizen? I believe that he sensed and, silence, and Silas sensed that there was a bigger plan. There was something bigger going on. You see, I, I want you to hear this, a life of praise makes you aware of greater purpose. A life of praise makes you aware of greater purpose. And so you can face situations, you can think, man, I don't know why I'm facing this. I don't want to face this. I don't know what's going on in this situation. But nevertheless, I feel and sense that God is up to something good. And therefore, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep going in this direction because God's going to turn something good out of this. Some of you need to hear that this morning. A life of praise helps tune you into the voice of the Spirit. 
perhaps some people aren't hearing because they're not praising. Perhaps they're not hearing that. They desperately want that voice of God. But let me tell you, when you praise the Lord, it tunes you into what the Spirit of God is saying. I've discovered a fascinating connection over the years. That those who are willing to make the greatest sacrifices for God are those who understand the power of praise and worship. Pastor Allen's here today. He will tell you that he goes to a conference every year called Pan-Asia. It's a conference where all our, or many of our missionaries gather together to be refreshed. And everyone that's been to that conference, they've said this one thing to me. When I've asked them what marks out that conference of Pan-Asia with those missionaries, they all say this, the praise and the worship is phenomenal. Because these people who have given up everything, these people who have made the biggest sacrifices in order to pursue the calling of God on their life, they know how to praise and worship God. Praise. Let's read on. Verse 25. Around midnight. Everyone say midnight. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Wow, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty remarkable. And I just want to reiterate this to you this morning that praise in the midnight hour always busts open prison doors. Praise in the midnight hour. No matter how bad it seems to you, keep praising God. Keep rejoicing in the Lord. I wonder how many never bust out of the prison that they face because they just stop praising. I wonder how many give up praising just at that point of breakthrough, just at that midnight hour. It's almost done. The midnight hour is almost upon them and they give up. Well, this is not for me. I've tried long enough. I've done this long enough. It's over. I've had it. Let me encourage you to keep praising. Habakkuk 3.17, even though the fig tree does not blossom, there be no fruit on the vine, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation, for God the Lord is my strength. He makes me to rise up like a deer on the mountains. Keep praising. Keep praising in your midnight hour. You may have been at this a long time. You're thinking, how long can I go on? Well, keep praising. I'm ready to give up. Keep praising. I don't know where this is going to end. Keep praising. This seems to be getting worse. Keep praising. I don't know what the answer is. Keep praising God. Keep praising God. It's one of the greatest weapons in your arsenal to breach the walls that you're facing, to break through. See, as we praise in the name of Jesus as we praise with the word of God, as we praise knowing the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, barriers start to fall. 
Let's read on. Verse 27. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. We are all here. Hang on a minute. We are all here. Uh, You know, if I was in a prison and I was facing a situation, maybe there was a harsh punishment coming my way. Maybe I was in there for a lengthy period of time and I was sitting in this dank, smelly prison, locked up in chains behind cell doors and there's an earthquake and all of a sudden the doors swing wide open not only that but the shackles the chains fall off I know what I'd be thinking I'd be thinking a sign from heaven a sign from heaven God himself is giving me a get out of jail free card Thank you, God. And off I'd go. But but no, no, we are all here. Are you kidding me? (laughs) We are all here. What on earth kept them there? What on earth kept them there? I believe it was the same thing that kept them listening to Paul and Silas singing hymns at midnight without them telling them to shut up and let us sleep. You see, praise awakens your heart to his presence. It awakens your heart to his presence. You see, when there is spiritual praise, you just want to stay in the moment. You just want to wait. You just want to linger. Now, I don't believe these prisoners necessarily knew what was going on, but they just waited. They just wanted to linger. They just wanted to stay. My wife's family owned a farm. They ran a farm on the York Peninsula in South Australia. And one of my favourite memories when we went to visit the farm was that after harvest sometime, the farmers would all burn their paddocks. They'd get rid of all the stalks and renew fertility to the soil. And I can tell you that It was the most beautiful time. You'd just sit on the porch or the veranda or perhaps go up to the hay bale shed and you just sit and you just take it all in. You just take in the beautiful smell, the rich, earthy, burnt smell. And you could just sit there for hours and hours and hours taking it all in. You just wanted to sit and take in that rich smell. In the sunset, it was just beautiful. You see, true praise carries the sweet fragrance of the Holy Spirit. It carries a a fragrance. It awakens the heart so you have no other desire than to linger. You just want to stay a little bit longer. You just want to stay a little bit longer. And I wonder over this season, I wonder if those who haven't yet returned to church, 
I wonder if people have just lost their desire to linger in God's presence. Perhaps an hour and a quarter on a Sunday, once a week, once a fortnight, once a month. Perhaps it's just become that. Perhaps it's just become the Christian tradition, the the routine. Uh, Could it be that we've lost our heart of praise? Our heart's desire to linger, to linger, to wait in His presence. I'm coming back to a heart of worship. And it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. Let's read on. Verse 29. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? There's a great response. They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him. And with all who lived in his household, even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them, washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they, always, uh, because they all believed in God. What a great result. True praise will always lead to salvation and transformation. Remember years ago at a previous church I was at, a lady got saved, radically saved, came from a really rough background, came to church and her husband didn't come. Her, her husband was called Dave. He was six foot five. He was a black belt karate instructor. He had tattled down, built like a brick. He was a big guy. He was strong. He was rugged. He was rough. And she had wanted to get him to church. She'd been nagging, nagging nagging then when she'd finished that she was nagging and nagging and nagging until he finally caved in and said listen I will go to church with you this once but then you'll never ask me again so she said okay and she orchestrated with some friends at church that when he did come that following Sunday that they'd be on the front row wise Dave came along Worship team got up, started singing in praise to our wonderful God like we did this morning. I'll rejoice. And by the second song, by the second anthem of praise, Dave was a crumpled mess on the floor. Tears running down his face. He didn't actually respond to the altar call that morning because he'd already given his life to Jesus in the second song. Praise. True spiritual praise brings about salvation and transformation. You know, many years ago, there was a movement among churches. And this movement was called the seeker-friendly movement. It was, let's create services that are more seeker-friendly for the inquirer. Let's create services in a certain way so that 
people who are unsaved or people inquiring will uh, have a service fashioned and designed for them. Sounds like a great idea, but the problem was this. People only started bringing people to church when it was a specific event that was specifically designed for them. Now, I believe that the church should always be relevant with its message. We have the greatest message on earth, the message of salvation through Christ alone. But, you know, I've discovered this over the years that praise is always relevant. Praise is always life transformational. You see, just one touch from Jesus and everything can change. And can I encourage you this morning? Don't wait for the right kind of service to bring people along. Ah, Christmas carols. Yeah, people are used to carols. Yeah, we invite them at Christmas. Don't wait for the right kind of service because praise and the declared message of the Word of God can be life transformational. Just one touch of Jesus can bring about radical change in people's lives. Amen. Let's read the last part of this story and then we're going to pray some more. Acts 16 verse 35. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said you and Silas are free to leave, go in peace. But Paul replied, they've publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison, and we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. I think one of the early translations said, no way, Jose. Not, not entirely sure about that. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologised to them. <laughs> then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers, encouraged them once more, and then they left town. So finally, at the end of this whole situation... Paul finally declares his citizenship card. And the officials of the town, they realise, uh-oh, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble here. We've done the wrong thing. And so they come groveling to Paul and Silas. I would have liked to be a fly on the wall. They come groveling. They apologise. We're so sorry. I want you to understand something this morning. Praise is the citizenship card of heaven that all else must bow to. See, praise says, I'm a child of God. 
praise says, I have full access into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Praise says that you come against me and you're going to come against the army of the Lord Most High. Praise says that when we come together in unity and agreement as the body of Christ, that something is going to be launched, something so powerful that the enemy has to bow to. You see, that's prison shaking praise. I believe it's time for Canberra. Conservative Canberra to become the city of radical worship. Radical praise. I believe there's people here today you need to break through something in your situation. Tried all sorts of things in the natural. But it's time to break in the spiritual. It's time to recognize that you're not wrestling against flesh and blood alone, but against principalities and powers of the unseen. And as we lift high our anthem of praise and worship to our God, barriers break, prison doors are flung open. Shackles and chains fall off in the name of Jesus. Are you willing to do that this morning? Are we just going to sit back and say, well, I like this song or I don't like this song or this song lost me the fifth time we did it. are we going to praise our God in abandon? Because He is worthy to be praised. No matter what we're facing, no matter what trial, no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance, no matter what we're believing for, with abandon we will praise our God. We will worship His holy name for He is good. And no matter what I'm facing, it doesn't change the aspect of the fact that He is good. He is merciful. He is great in kindness. He is awesome. He's a faithful God. He is steadfast. He is our rock. He is our fortress. He is our deliverer. And therefore, we will praise. For some of you this morning, you may never have lifted your holy hands in worship to God. I encourage you, take the step, be radical. For some of you, you may have always sung just really, really quietly. But there needs to come a robust faith declaration from you in song. For some of you, you may have never danced before the Lord, which is a biblical thing to do in praise and worship. You might see me on the front row doing this. The reason I do that is because if I, if I dance all the time, I just get exhausted. <laughs> Friends, praise is a verb. 
I'm so spiritual, I'm dancing on the inside. Rubbish. <laughs> Look, I'm just letting it out there. Let's praise the Lord. Let's worship our God. And if there's something going on in your circumstance, let's believe in faith. As we declare the goodness of God, that things are going to break and things are going to change. Those things that you're believing for that you haven't yet seen, that something's going to change because we are praising our God. We are worshipping Him. We are lifting high His holy name. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Come on, let's spend some time worshipping our God this morning. We worship you, Lord. We praise your name, Lord. You are a good God. We're believing for great things today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.